I need new headphones. I am ready. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Welcome again to Getting Tabled, your 41st episode of our podcast with a yank, but not that one. It's Captain Socks. Yes. Is it really 41? It's kind of crazy to think about that after we restarted this, what, <laughs> just over, just under two years ago? Yeah, I know. It's, so, it's, it's, it's been an adventure. That's absolutely uh, George is not with us today as he's dealing with family things. I guess he figured it was his turn, seeing as Captain Sox has had his turn a few times. Yes. You know, pretending to be well, in the desert and hide away from his responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for reminding me. I think that's going to always be reminded from the two of you. But uh, for those of you outside of the United States, it was Thanksgiving for us on Thursday. So uh, he's probably dealing with leftovers and other family things. So. Yeah, his kid's got, like, a massive ton of homework, too. Sam has, like, 40 assignments due or something silly. Um, so that's, I'm sure, loads of fun. Oh, yeah. And, no. of course, I am the Bruce. Uh, and I say, of course, probably people don't care. But I am the Bruce because I'm from Australia and stuff and things. So, how's your week been? It's been good. Uh, only had a half a, half a week work uh, because of the holiday, so it was kind of nice. nice. Uh, didn't get a lot of hobby time done. We, we can go over that during the episode here coming up. But yeah, overall, I'm kind of it's been in the same boat on that regard. I um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a busy busy fortnight. Now, before we get into the news, we are going to quickly touch again on the changes to the podcast moving forward. Um, most of you probably saw that we shared an update, a, a public update on our Patreon. So from this episode moving forward, the audio versions of our podcasts will be available immediately-ish. Obviously there is editing time required and so forth, but the audio version of the podcast will go immediately live. Uh, the reason for this change is... Our patrons have the option to join us live and listen to us record. And because of that, the the timed exclusive on the audio version was kind of worthless. That was great. Yeah. It, it, all it really did is mean that all of our news was late. Um, not that we cover everything that's this exact minute, but we do try to be on as on point as possible because otherwise, why would you bother listening? Um, but when it's almost a week later, all of the stuff that we've discussed is then probably at that point a week and a half old. Um, mm -hmm. So that we felt was a very important thing to have changed. The video portion of this will continue to go out as it has done. So that will be an exclusive to our Patreon for those first four to five days before it goes live for everyone else. But that's it, really. Um, YouTube's going to continue as it was. We did kind of touch on officially how that's going to work. It will still continue to be like 
85-ish percent uh, held for at least 24 hours. There is the occasional video that goes out that does go straight past that, but they're very rare and there's usually a reason for it. Um, otherwise, I, th I think that's it from a standpoint. We're trying to grow the audience and we're trying to be as unpoignant as possible and attract more support. So um, we feel that this yeah. is an important change going forward. That we're going to try and do some more videos uh, now that I've got a camera. Yeah. I'm going to try and do some uh, hobby time videos myself. I know oh, George yeah, is going to want to. Point. We could. So, this is the first time we saw you on episode. Yes, correct. People can look so at more I, than just your icon. Exactly. So I actually do have a face and live. Uh, there's a voice behind my face. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. Right, so we are starting with my first love of the 40k universe, but we'll come back to that particular comment a little later. Uh, people that are following our Twitter feed may have already cottoned on to what I'm talking about there. But anyway, this week is the pre-orders for the Blood Angels. There's already a couple of people out there that have done previews of the Codex, uh, your usual... Um, I'm going to say bigwigs, but I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, like your your big influencers have received preview copies and have reviews out there already. Norm Queen Alexis is the first one that comes to mind personally. Uh, so Norn Queen uh, Alexis. Uh, there's also there's a few people that have commented on like the hints and stuff. But the Blood Angels are the preview for this week. Um, starting with I'm pretty sure this piece of artwork is actually from last edition, but that doesn't matter. Um, I think the big thing for me is when 40k moved into the Primaris stuff, um, there was a few people that were like, I don't know what they're doing. Not in regards to the models, because the models were gorgeous. More so, they were bringing them in at the expense of what made the game awesome which was like the fluff because blood angels get primaris and then all of a sudden their black rage doesn't exist anymore. Is that then why bother playing them? That makes them boring. Yeah. Uh, they are a hundred percent bringing them back in story. The uh, primaris are beginning to feel the black rage as well. So the hole it's designed to beat out the flaws has failed. Uh, which also makes more sense because, quite frankly, when in you're a civilization that's lost its science, how can you fix problems that weren't picked up on by someone that's supposed to be thousands of times smarter than you are? That person being the emperor. Um, and I think this is the first time it's happened, but um, you can have captains and lieutenants fall to the Black Rage now. Um, you can pay 20 points for a captain to fall and 10 points for a lieutenant to fall. It kind of harkens back sort of to, um, I believe it was 3rd edition where you had to roll to see how many of your people in each um, squad fell and then you would build your black company, so your death company from that. Um, so it was like a chance that you would have none or a chance that you'd have tons of them. Um, 
there is positives and negatives for them falling to the Black Rage, which, if you're unfamiliar with Blood Angel lore, um, Blood Angels are definitely not vampires in space. Uh, and by saying that, I mean they totally are. Um, basically, the upgrade means that they lose all of their control um, and they're basically being consigned to a violent death. Um, the downside of the Black Rage is that you're not allowed to fall back from a combat at all, under any circumstances, and you cannot perform actions. Now, I don't know exactly what the actions portion of this means, because I haven't played 9th edition yet. My guess, and it's 100% a 100% guess, would be that it means that you probably can't capture objectives, because I know that's been a flaw with them in the past, and kind of makes sense. Um, but, as I said, I'm not 100% sure on the actions side of that. But in turn, you get access to the Black Rage, which gives you extra attacks on charges. Um, you get access to... Um, to the Death Visions ability. Sorry, I was trying to remember what it's called. And basically, you get access to one of three delusions. So, again, for people not familiar with Blood Angels lore, these people are driven mad by visions of what happened to their Primarch Sanguinius when he was killed on the Vengeful Spirit. Uh, and that sends them into a an unquenchable blood rage. Um, so one of these things is on the, on the bridge of the Vengeful Spirit. So you get this vision of being on the bridge and um, the Ark Trader's flagship that, and basically a vision of what happens. Uh, that gives you... Now, you can only use this one if you have an infantry character or monster character visible to the person. Um, they gain one attack for every five enemy models that, that are within six inches of it, each time a model makes an attack, you can re-roll to hit. Uh, that is... That's potentially very good. Um, yeah. There would be armies where you're not going to have an infantry character or an infantry model. Um, I don't think the definitions of what a character is has changed. So I believe that your lieutenants and your captains still technically count as that. But it needs to be a character, not just a regular Joe Blow. Um, there's a couple of others as well. They've, they've kind of hinted at... Not hinted. They've, they've teased some of the stratagems. Um, Death Company... Death Company have been nerfed. Um, not to the point where they're useless... But they definitely have been nerfed from last edition. You can't have... Now, hang on. You can't have two swords anymore, which was one of the things that was broken. Um, and kind of makes sense, I guess, from a law perspective. Um, and there is something else, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. I think it was... Um, plus one to your wound or something. It was either plus one to your wound or plus one to your... Whatever one they're not as good at. So it, it made it easier. Um, 
but yeah, that, that's the big thing for me from this for me was more so the side that if you're not playing generic space marines, there's usually a good reason for it. Uh, for me, I called this my first love. Blood Angels were my first love, and it was that the beauty of what they're supposed to be. And then trying to hide the demons inside, essentially, of the Black Rage. Trying to contain that bloodlust. Um, it was that bloodlust side of it that made them more fun, in my eyes. And if they didn't do that anymore, then why am I not just playing Ultramarines? Um, I mean, hell, Ultramarines were more powerful on the table at one point. Uh, I know that changed, but... It just, yeah, I like the fact that they're getting their flavour back. Uh, Dark Angels... We will talk very briefly about later. Um, but So I would imagine that they're going to be getting some of it as well. Um, Dark Angels kind of got screwed last edition with their release from what I understand. Uh, they kind of got some of the stuff, but only some of it. The big thing, I don't know how you feel about this, but the big thing I noticed on this is that the Blood Angels Codex is not a full codex. It's only a supplemental codex. So it's That's like we've gone back to third edition. Well, I've never I've never touched Warhammer, either fantasy or 40k, so okay. you know more about this stuff than I do. Uh, but I've always enjoyed looking at the models. I mean, the models look pretty cool when I've seen them on the shelves and stuff like that and seen people play them. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the rules and the codexes, yeah, I have no clue because I haven't even touched this system there's arguments to be made as to whether codexes are old hat or not um gw are not dropping them but i know that there are that there are some say that they should in the sense that you have your main rule book and then you'd have a separate book yeah. for each of the uh arm, armies you'd have one for u.s british and so I've, I've i started out playing flames of war so i'm kind of familiar with that idea yeah um yeah. Of having some books. So if I want to play Blood Angels tomorrow, I would need a copy of the regular rule book, obviously. I would need a copy of this supplemental codex, but I also need a copy of the Space Marine Codex to play. That's according, according to actual rules. I have to have three books in order for me to play. Now, I know that there's ways around that, most of which are not legal. Um, we're not going to discuss those options. Um, but... In theory, that is what you would need to own. So that's an $80 book and a $50 book and a $60 It's It's almost $200 in just books, and you haven't even bought a, mod, bought a model yet. That's um, insane. I, I would argue that if you're playing with somebody that knows the rules well enough, that you probably don't need the actual rulebook rulebook. But given the amount of times that let's say, debates happen during games, yeah. it's really risky not to have a rule book at the table. Um, and I'm not saying that's because people can't be trusted, but if you don't have a rule book to go back to, how could either of you know that the other one's actually not correct or not wrong? Oh, yeah, I've had that situation in my own uh, little while, actually, about less than a year ago, yeah. my local game store. So it's it's unfortunate when that happens, but it's it's... And the player that I played against did not read the rule book. Yeah. 
learn how to play the game just by playing the game and learning how to play it that way. Never read the rules himself. Yep. And it kind of got into a unfortunate debate. Yeah. I I unfortunately left the game because it was it got to that point. Yeah, that that does happen unfortunately, and not always because of misunderstanding. Some there are some people that do that on purpose. Yeah. Um I would like to think that those people are on the lower end of things. Um, given a topic that we're going to discuss next episode, that comment may not necessarily be accurate. Um, we will hint more about that at the end of the episode. Um, but moving on, we already pretty much know everything that's happening in the Christmas boxes this year. Uh, most of them are fairly good value. Um, one in particular, and that one in particular sold out in 10 minutes. Literally, 10 minutes. Um, I've seen multiple sources that have quoted that. Uh, it definitely sold out in... Well, the website that I was looking at in Australia didn't even have them for that long. But I wasn't sitting there on every website looking. I was just happening to look at one. Um, so we've got a disciples of Zinch box. Yeah, disciples of Zinch box, um, which I don't know game wise how powerful they are, but just models wise they're gorgeous. It's yeah, they look cool, like, especially that centerpiece that that dragon wing dragon or whatever it is. The Lord of Change. Yeah, that that's a that's a big expensive model. Uh, the Caradon Overlords is probably the weaker of these boxes. Uh, I'd be very upset if I got that. Yeah, that's um, not a lot of models in that box. You get ten. Oh, those three, the three big ships are big, but not one of them is the biggest one. It's two of the small ones and then one of the medium-sized ones. This is a problem with Games Workshop prices when they're priced the way they are, because... When things are expensive, when they shouldn't be, the, the deal that you're getting. But from mem somebody did do a video where they actually compared all of the prices, and I think this was only like ten or twenty dollars cheaper. It was quite pathetic, really. Uh, Goom Spike Gits have another box this year. I'm not really surprised. Um, this is again, th this is a really good value one too. I like the fact that this one comes with some of the troll stuff. And some of the goblin stuff. The one last year was kind of just all of one thing. Uh, and didn't really give you a feel for how the army can work. Um, so you got one of the really big trolls. Sorry, trogoths. Uh, and then six of the smaller trogoths. And then just, just a hive of squigs. Because squigs are yeah. awesome. And if you don't think the squigs are awesome, you need to get your brain reworked because their mouths with legs what's not awesome about that mm -hmm. uh you also have a box for the ogre more tribes personally i'm not a fan of this um mainly because so many of these models in this box are old um but look if you want to play the ogres this is the box to buy. It's really good value. Um, I'm not a fan of them personally. Just personally. I'm not saying they're bad. I just don't like them. Um, it would be a good way to start the army too. 
Um, do you have any preferences in those? Which, like, if you were spending money, which way you would go? I have disciples. Disciples? It'd be yeah, either like that, that or the gets for me. Um, yeah. I kind of like the disciples box. Yeah. Just the models. I, like, I think I like those models a little bit better. As a painter, that would be the one that you would buy because there's just so much you could do with it. Yeah, there is so much you could... personal challenge, that, that is what you would buy. Um, I really love the goblins too, though. 40k-wise, I know everybody's going to be shocked by this. I mean, this never happens. But they're selling Space Marines. Um, the Interdiction Force... Interdiction? I just want to say... That's a really stupid word that they've made up there. It doesn't even make sense. But anyway, um, this is pretty good value, actually. Um, the only thing in the box that's not really used competitive-wise is the Reavers. I love the Reaver models, personally. I think they look awesome. But apparently, competitive-wise, they're just not worth playing with. Um, you got one of the Tactical War Suits, which I know most people seem to hate. I actually really like it. Um, I'm actually tempted to get one of those, but completely, I'm, I'll talk more about okay, it later. I'd, I'd like to do a conversion on it to make it something from Forgeworld, personally. Um, and is that an Impulsor? Yes, it is an Impulsor. So that's the, um, that's the pickup truck for the Primaris Marines. Uh, good box. Um, no real comment on how it goes competitively. Um, because I, I just don't know the game rules well enough. The Necron box is the one that sold out in 10 minutes. I don't think that should be surprising anyone. I, I was genuinely tempted by this at one point. Um, I... Almost got my hands on an Indominus box today. I missed out by 30 minutes and I'm absolutely, absolutely really upset. Um, I just What you're getting in this is just amazing. Like, there's nothing I can see in that box that you would not use. It's just that good a value. Um, easily the best value of the bunch, too. Um, oh, actually, the Astra Militarum... Now, let me think. No. Okay. And I remember why. I do like this box, but it's not very good value. Um, most of this box is available as a different discounted box on the GW website. It's just without the Sentinel. And I think one of the tanks is swapped out for a different tank, but it's a tank that's exactly the same price. And it's I remember the exact value. It was like thirty or forty dollars cheaper, which is basically. It worked out that by buying this, you was getting the Sentinel and then paying twenty dollars for having a different tank that's worth the same amount of money. It was something like that. I don't remember the exact price. Uh, if I can remember who it is that did the video, I will try to add that to the show notes uh, for the edited version of this. The Chaos Decimation Warband. See, that's a much better word than interdictional or whatever the other one was. Decimation yeah. makes sense. 
even if it doesn't get used in its actual meaning in real life today. Um, I love this box. Uh, I think that one might be... No, no, I, I think the um, Necron box is still my favourite, but that would be a very close second. No idea value-wise on this one. Um, it looks good. Uh, and the Tau Empire is almost exactly the same box that they've released every year this year, so far. Um, but there's no Riptide in it. They've taken the Riptide out, you've got the new Commander instead, and you've got a Piranha. Otherwise, this is the same box they've done every year. Um, which makes sense. It's a box that always sells very well. It's always very good value. Um, Models-wise, I'm not a huge fan of the regular Tau Troops. I prefer the Crute. That shouldn't be news to anybody that's been following us for a while. Um, it does. It, they don't look bad. I just prefer the Crute. I just really like the Crute because they are the, they are awesome. Give me a Crute Codex. But yeah, do you have any? Oh, I missed one. There's also Tyranids. How could I forget Nids? Um, now my opinions change. I, I go back and forth as to which box I think is my favourite. But JP says nobody plays Nids. In our little chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 watching our chat and JP's messing around or typing in there and saying nobody plays Nids. See, Nids at at one point early in Eighth Edition, Nids were potentially very powerful, but I don't think that lasted very long. Once the people figured out the ins and outs of the rest of the game, um, back in Sixth Edition and Seventh Edition. Nids was the army that I could just never beat. Uh, and they weren't that powerful at that time, but I just got destroyed by them every single time. Um, it might have been because the person I was playing against was really cheesy with them. I mean, he was, but he wasn't that bad. Uh, and I'm not calling, like, I'm not saying he's a bad person or anything. Um, but he was, he'd been playing for a lot longer than I had been. Uh, and he was being cheesy to try and teach me to play better. Which I did at one point. Before the game eventually destroyed itself on me. Uh, yeah, JP tells me he hasn't played 40k since 5th edition. It was 7th edition that killed 40k for me initially. Uh, the end of 6th edition didn't help. Um, because the Blood Angels were just... The Blood Angels at the end of 6th edition were weak. And at the start of 2nd edition, they got nerfed even further. Uh, they were like lowest of the low codex-wise at that point. Um, I think the only thing that wasn't as low as they were... I think Orcs might have been lower. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, good good value boxes again this year. Uh, not all of them. I, I like, Caradon Overlords are... Like, that box is garbage. In the 40k ones, do you have any preference? Captain, uh, the Necrons look good, uh, but the uh, Astras—they kind of remind me of the Dust 40K, yeah. or not Dust, uh, uh, Dust 1947 models. Just those tanks and those little walkers. That because I used to have Dust 47. Yep. So it a while ago, but those remind me of those models. Yeah, Dust. Um, 
Dust probably owes a few of its aesthetics to 40k. It's not the other way yeah, around. Yeah, I have to agree. Most of these models are, have been around longer than that game has. Um, yes. So, yeah, sorry. Um, Sigvald is coming back. Yeah, Sigvald is coming back. Uh, and he's brought some friends along with him. Sigvald himself looks just all kinds of glorious. Um, I'm not the first person to make this comparison. But if you were someone that was really good with some green stuff... You could very easily turn this into Sanguinius. It wouldn't be that hard. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like his friends with the with the mouth shields. I mean, you can just imagine what people are doing, like going through the throat with them. Yeah. Um. The um, I think it's the twin souls is the other ones. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what I think on these models. Uh, I I don't think I like these models personally. Um, apparently, law wise, these guys have given themselves partially over to a demon. So it's like, for example, me and you, but sharing the same body. I don't know which one okay. of us would be the demon. It doesn't matter. Um, probably you. Oh, I'm the one that lives in the country full of. <laughs> creatures that are going to destroy you i suppose that's right um but yeah model well, i don't know that i'm not sure i think it's the faces the faces on these are just i don't know it's probably the painting maybe i don't know i just i'm not 100 percent sure on this yeah something's a little off the, the the leader also kind of looks like he comes from that new elven army with his little decorations yeah. and portal above his head um, and I don't hate those models, but that's not the, not the look I would have been picturing. Uh, there's also a box coming for the Underworlds game. Um, I do kind of like this, I'm going to say traditional Slaneshi Demon, because it's got like the claw hand and stuff, which is mm -hmm. very much a Slaneshi thing. Um, they seem to be holding that, um sexy versus dangerous vibe quite well as well um which for obvious reasons they've been trying to maintain and yet control for quite a while now um because they want to appear to a wider audience and they want to be able to push those buttons without going too far and being offensive mm -hmm. uh, i know that there's arguments for and against that tactic but um I think they've got the balance fairly well on those particular models, at least, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, none of them are really for me. Um, but I, I like the fact that Slanesh is coming back. I think removing him from the games entirely was a mistake. Um, it wasn't a very popular decision, but I don't think that really surprised anybody either. There was one last preview for the year. Uh, which was called Decadence and Decay. So we get our first preview of the Warzone Caradon campaign that's coming up. The first book is War of Rust. Sorry, the Book of Rust. Um, 
Fury 40k, I suppose. So this is going to be more background and rules for the Death Guard, Adeptus Mechanicus, the Imperial Knights, and the Dridakari. Um, doesn't really surprise me, any of that, I suppose. Um, the Plague Purge Mission Pack is part of that as well. Um, which will be good for those that want to play it. We've got the Drakari coming in. So they are just completely dro dropping Dark Eldar. They're not bringing that name back, obviously. Uh, this is not new. It's, I'm just acknowledging it because there were those that were kind of hoping they were going to backpedal on that. But that's very clearly not happening. Mm. Um, so the Drakari will be the first Xenos race in 2021. Um, which to me, I, I kind of like that. Drakari, to me at least, is an army that always needed more attention. Um, because, I don't know, it's kind of, it's one that's popular-ish, but, I mean, they haven't been ignored as long as Sisters of Battle were, but it did kind of feel like they were just like, here, have your thing, go away. Um, no idea if they're getting, getting any new models, I doubt it by the look of this particular article, because they haven't really hinted at anything from memory. Um... They give us a preview of the Incubi, but I don't know what the existing rules were, so I don't know if that's more powerful or whatever. Generally speaking for the army, it says that you're going to see more attacks, higher damage, uh, lethal com put, yeah, combat output across the board. So, more stabbier. Uh, I suspect yeah. that the drugs rules will probably be more impactful. Um... That would be my guesses, at least, because that's very much their thing. Um, hopefully, hopefully they'll play into the the raider thing and give them more abilities to kind of sneak up or move around and stuff. Um, because other they need to have more than just the drugs thing to make them feel like like you should have stuff that's coming out of nowhere to some extent. Take advantage of the. Uh, heroic intervention rules and just yeah. get going. Uh, and again, everybody hold on to your seats because I know that this is going to be really shocking, but there's more Space Marines coming. Uh, in this case, it's the Dark Angels, which I hinted at earlier. Um, so, backed, uh, packed with even more background. Um, they're talking about how they're all secretive. Um, so, by the sounds of it, at least, this is another one that's getting its flavour back. I'm kind of hoping they keep the secretive stuff, but without stopping them from getting the good Space Marine stuff. This is also a supplement, so in theory that means they get access to everything from the Space Marine book, unlike last time. Um, I guess all, all we're asking Games Workshop is... Give them a book that makes sense in the law as well as on the table. That That's all that their fans are asking for. Um, you, you've got Dark Angel players that have been asking for a decent release for multiple editions at this point. It's really important. They have a rule called Interrogation, which is the most Dark Angel rule that you could have ever possibly had. 
Um, if you purchase this requisition after a battle in which units from your army destroyed any fallen units, ex excluding Cypher, you cannot purchase this requisition more than once after each battle. Select up to two of the following units from your army. Uh, so this is Chris, this is for the crusade stuff. Sorry, I didn't notice that. Um, so interrogate a chaplain. Uh, one Deathwing librarian. You then roll two to six on a two to nine. The fallen is given final judgment. So it's basically rules for getting rid of some of your own guys. And there's different things that happen. Uh, the battle trait, add three inches to the range of this model's aura abilities. Or model knows one additional litany from the litanies of battle. Or in the command phase, if this model is on the battlefield and the litany of hate has not already been recited by a friendly model on the background. Oh, okay. It's just a, another way of adding flavour to your army and making them more manipulative. Also in this preview, we've got to look at the House of Van Saar from Necromunda. And I'm sorry, but this is the least 40k universe thing I have ever damn well seen. I mean, these models look cool, don't get me wrong. And I like the fact that they're wearing Necron stuff, which is really weird. But I'm sorry, but they're Necron things coming down the front of those bodies in front. But... How do these guys have flying stuff in the middle of what are supposed to be the slums when most of the universe forgot how to build flying stuff? How do we have hoverboards yeah, in the middle of a slum? That makes no sense. Um, oh, th they are very pretty models. I like the fact mm -hmm. that they're using stuff that clearly doesn't belong to the human race. Especially with how um, very bitch, much a no-no that is in the law. Like you don't you don't use alien technology. How dare you? Um, but they they look like they come from a different game. They don't look like they're from a forty k universe at all. No. Um, in saying that, maybe the background fluff will answer the questions that I have. I guess. Um, I don't know, it just doesn't work for me. At first glance, it doesn't work for me. Um, oh, I didn't even notice this. Those shields. The tree, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the shields. Yeah. Yeah, they're a little plastic. That's going to be a real plastic. pain. So be careful with the types of glue that you use, people. You don't want it to go frosty. If it no. goes frosty, just paint over it. It's not going to make that big of a difference. But it would be nice to keep that see-through aesthetic if you can. Yep. And finally on the G-Dub front... Oh, any thoughts on any of that, Captain Sucks? No, not really. I mean, it's interesting to see some new, new stuff coming out. Yeah. Like I said, I, I haven't touched 40k stuff or fantasy. No, I know. That's, or any, that's kind of why or I... Any but it's uh, Treebeard kind of looks cool with uh, Mary and Pippin. Yeah, Treebeard yeah, tree is what I was hinting at, yes. Um, 
so tree beaters coming out in plastic uh that's the first time he's ever been seen in plastic he was a resin cast last time he was released um this is probably my new favorite lord of the rings model maybe he does come with merry and pippin um that don't look much like them from the movies, but they're not. No, they don't. They, unfortunately, they don't wish the movie looks in this game at all, though, which is fine. But but the model tree or the tree beard looks awesome. Yeah, and he's he does look like his roots are coming from the base too. He yeah. looks like he's a tree that's walking, which is good. And he's got that grumpy look on his face, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, there's a, there was, there's a, down the bottom in the diachasm, there's Kara's Ravages, but we've actually seen these models already. Very quick look for those that are looking at the video version of this. And there's one last view of the Slaneshi stuff. However, we shall move on. Frostgrave. So, Frostgrave is a game I've kind of been interested in and talking about for a little while now. Um, yes, you have. Listeners of the podcast will know that me and my friends have started getting into this. We spoke a few episodes ago about the upcoming Red King book is the next one. That's the first expansion since second edition. So that's available for pre-order on North Star Miniatures website now along with a whole heap of models and stuff. So you got third uh, Thaumaturge and its apprentice. There's also a Thaumaturge, apprentice and familiars. Um, I kind of like the look of these null men. They kind of look like greys from modern sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I was going to say they look more alien than they do yeah. anything else. Um, the foul horn is just a giant looking demon thing with multiple arms um, I'm going to say Hrut Stingers how would you say it? it might be a silent H so I'm going with Hrut Stingers Rut, yeah, it could be a silent H Hrut sounds like somebody's throwing up yeah uh, Keymasters of the Red King Herald of the Red King. Frostgrave Demons is coming up. Now, there's a Frostgrave Barbarian single frame that you can buy. This is because the book features those in the campaign. So they're giving you an option to buy just a single frame rather than the having to buy a full box of them. Um, so it's like a spe- special steal for the previous... Um, and there's special bundle deals if you want everything from it. Um, so this particular box is concentrating very heavily on demons and stuff, just in case the model choices weren't obvious enough on that front. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I like these releases. Um, personally, I'm a bigger fan of the... The Frostgrave Xboxes. So, like in this case, it's Frostgrave Demons. 
in the past you've had Frostgrave, yeah. soldiers, knights, barbarians. I've always been a bigger fan of those particular boxes over these characterful ones because the for me I'm not a huge fan of the although I do like the rut singers they do look nice but but some of the um some of the apprentice models and stuff for me just look a little bit more simple because they're just one pose uh, they're single piece minis which is a good thing but it's just not what I like mm-hmm. either. Uh, they are popular minis and people do love them. It's just not my choice. I'm also someone that would like to build my own character too. So buying their characters is probably never going to appeal to me when I want to create my own. I don't know. Just acknowledging my own bias, I suppose. Army Painter are releasing a new product that I find interesting. Um, so the Army Painter are releasing... Now, hang on. I want to make sure I say this right. It is... Game Master. Is that what, it's a what you're talking Master about? It's a Game Master Dungeon and Caverns core set. So, this is a box that comes with a whole heap of paints, some, like, tufts and stuff, and yes, exactly. and glues, and it comes with some EVA foam and a hot wire cutter. That gets powered with a nine volt battery. I'm really confused. Uh, in saying that, it's also a ninety dollar product. Sorry, ninety euro product. Um, I mean, I understand that these things, YouTube wise, are massively popular. Yeah. When it comes to building your own caverns and stuff. Building your own terrain and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, and I like the fact that it comes with a very makeshift looking foam cutter. Um, I don't the see amount the value of, in this. No, the amount of stuff that you would have to buy to create a good set when you can just go buy the little uh, modular tiles that are starting yeah. to be released. Or, like, you go to the dollar store and buy your dollar, sto- your dollar store foam board, which is what all of the YouTubers buy. Yeah. I mean, in saying that, I did just realise this comes with a spray can that works with foam, where most of them don't. Um... I just don't see the value here. Guys, if you see the value in this... The thing that I find massively confusing is Games... Sorry, not Games Workshop. Army Painter are a company that sell on value. Their paints are the cheapest in the market. Whether you love them or not, they are the cheapest in the... Well, unless you're buying stuff that's not for miniatures, they're the cheapest in the market. Um, and I'm one of the people that would argue that their product product is quality too. I know that not everybody says that. Um, not all of their paints are amazing. Most of them are. Uh, they at least hold up to Games Workshop quality in most points. They they are thinner the Games Workshop, but that's not a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
I just don't see the value in this. This just seems really expensive to make. For stuff yeah. that's not that expensive to get. I mean, it's really easy to get EVA foam. From the dollar mm-hmm. store. I mean, it's not that cheap to get it here. But it wouldn't be that expensive. No. And I'm Start sorry, it's that. a really simple wire. It's a really simple hot wire cutter. It's not yeah. an expensive one. No. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being harsh here. I, I just don't get it. Um. Yeah. And it's a core set, which means that there will be expansions for it, I suppose. Yeah, most likely. Mantic Games is a company we've been talking about for a while now, on and off. Um, we previewed the Rat King a couple of episodes before you came back. Yes. We have now seen more of their Ratkin during their open day. So, for those watching the video, you'll be seeing me scrolling through this. Um, so they kicked off the year with the Abyssal Dwarves. They're now launching more hard plastic kits for the Goblins and the Ratkin. It's the Ratkin that's being shown off here. Um, really gorgeous kit models. I love this Broodmother thing. This Broodmother thing is amazing. Uh, it has a second mouth in the middle of its stomach, which is really gross. Yeah. Well, on the back of it, looks like it has about 50 <laughs> different rats that have been mutated all into one. Almost like the 50 rat tails that all just got mutated together. Yep. And this particular version is painted by Anga Haraldes. I don't think I've ever seen him paint something that's gory like this. I could be wrong. I just, I just haven't seen it personally. Um, but otherwise, it really shows that he painted this. I mean, just the textures and stuff that he's added is amazing. They've got some really nice looking stuff that they're doing here. Um, there's also another monster called Skudkul Zluk, which is a demon spawn looking thing it's an abyssal yeah. arch fiend uh that thing is just dire it looks very threatening plus it's got knuckle dusters you can't go wrong with yeah. knuckle dusters yeah, it has knuckle... knuckle dusters and a sword come on um yeah edgy for being edgy for sake i suppose maybe i don't know i actually do kind of like that though uh, on the Vanguard front, which is their kill team, but for their fantasy game, there's also another couple of smaller things. Um, Vanguard often gets used as a preview for what's coming up in Kings of War, because it's a smaller skirmish size. Mm-hmm. So you've got the birthing daughter. Now, there is a rat that's here on its shoulder, but apparently the whole back is covered in rats. Uh, you can just see one's nose point poking out over its head uh, yeah. and one over its ear. But apparently there's rats all down its back, they have said. Uh, it's just not very obvious in the in the picture, in the picture which is fine. Uh, Master Scarrier, which is totally not a Night Runner. It's definitely not a Night Runner. 
And there's a warlock, which looks awesome. He's wearing a rat skull. I mean, what's not awesome about that? Yeah. That's probably the first of their Ratkin models that I look at. Sorry, no, actually, no, I'll take that back. Between this, the ugly thing with the mouth and its belly, the ugly thing with the mouth and its belly to me is their version of of the abyssal pit monster thingy, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I've seen a picture of that one. The birthing daughter is the first thing I've seen that doesn't directly remind me of something from the G-Dub range, which is a good thing. Um, the Warlock is the second thing. I've never seen G-Dub do anything even remotely like this, so that's a good thing. Um, I mean, they do have their own aesthetic, but it's good to see that they're adding completely unique things to that as well, and not just doing their version of something. Um... In saying that, all of G-Dub is their version of something, but that's a different argument. Salamanders is definitely not Lizardmen, um, but these models are 100% definitely not Lizardmen. Um, mm -hmm. The aesthetic on this is not Aztec. It never has been, really, on these guys. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of samurai, but it's also kind of Eastern European. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, Babylonian, sort of? Possibly, it's, yeah. It's, Eastern um, Asian, early Asian Empire. Yeah. In, it's in really, really Persia. cool. Yeah. The Tyrant is totally not a crocodile. Cro Crocodile? Yeah. What I can't remember what they call them, but the walking crocodile things. Um, I said this during my um, Kings of War unboxing last week, but if you're not paying attention to Mantic because you keep on hearing about how they're just a cheap version of G-Dub or their models are average at best, you're missing out. I mean, their stuff is priced far more competitively. They do do some really nice... I mean, not everything from Mantic is awesome. But mm -hmm. they do do some really nice stuff. And their rules are among the best in the industry. Kings of War is... I would put Kings of War and Age of Sigma at the top of the big fantasy battle rules. Together. For different reasons. Um, that's saying something. And I know that Age of Sigma has its haters, but most of that is because it's not fantasy. Um, not all of it, but most of it is. And then we get to a point where I'm going to largely hand over to you and then comment. So we're going to flip this on its head for a little bit. Yep. Here's some so... news that a lot of people didn't see coming. And I'm surprised this hasn't been met with more salt than it has been. And that's saying something. I'm one of those that did not see this coming. So for yeah. those of you that have not seen it, back on the 16th, a huge announcement went out by Fantasy Flight uh, Games, Atomic Mass Games, and Asmodee. So Asmodee is a huge 
game distributor and retailer that owns probably almost, I would say almost 50% of the market because of how much yeah. companies they own underneath their umbrella. Um, so they announced back on the 16th that Star Wars, Legion, Armada, and X-Wing would no longer be under production for, by Fantasy Flight Games and be moved under Atomic Mass Games. Atomic Mass Games is kind of their miniature tabletop miniature gaming studio, whereas Fantasy Flight Games is very much... They started out board games. Fantasy Flight started out playing, doing board games primarily. Then they started getting into the miniatures when they got uh, X-Wing and uh, Descent and some of the others. And so they moved, they decided, Asmodee, as a parent company, decided to move them primarily to focus on miniatures and the Atomic Mass Games umbrella. And Fantasy Flight Games will continue with board games. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge shock across all three Star Wars uh, avenues. None of us saw it coming, but I, I mentioned it to, to Bruce and George that it reminds us, I mean, we're all Hogwarts Games fans. That's where we started out this podcast to begin yeah. with. But related to, this is how we all felt when Hogwarts Games was sold out by TT Combat. I mean, none of us saw it coming when they, they announced that move. There are some grumblings across the Enterprise that we saw within the, the groups that we're part of. And there's absolutely the right so and and so, yeah. Uh, but you are you play Marvel Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yes. How do you like the yeah. How do you like the miniatures from of those? I mean, people are wondering is the price of Legion going to skyrocket because a miniature for MCP is about twenty bucks, but you're only yeah, buying one miniature in the box too, though. Um, y- yes, I have to agree. Okay. There's a couple of things that's worth touching on this. And that's one. No, I don't expect that the price. Unless they completely ditch and then launch game versions of their own, which to my knowledge, they haven't said they're doing that. It's the no, games they, that they, have moved, not the, not the license. Correct. The games have moved. They've got a few key developers from Fantasy Flight that is moving over as well from Atomic, yeah. uh, Atomic Mass Games. So... Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing a complete change of the rules and games themselves. No, they'd be silly to do that. Let's talk about what I see as the giant elephant in the room. And the giant elephant in the room that most fans of these games don't want to discuss. The distribution of those three games by Fantasy Flight has been a disaster from day one. It's been a problem yes. with Fantasy Flight getting these stuff to stores for a while because they have not been able to keep up with demand. And most of that has usually been attributed to the fact that they're not a miniature company, they're a board game company. You're absolutely right. This, to me, should, in theory, solve that problem. Hopefully it's not solving the problem too late. Because I would argue that there's been people that's dropped because of it, because they can't. I'm sure that a few people are have been hurt that far. I won't be. I, I still love Legion. Uh, my boys are loving Legion. I'm getting the new Star Wars Armada stuff that's coming out this Friday as part of my Christmas. So I will not be talking out of it. I, but I, don't I can see, see a few folks. Whenever something like this happens in the industry, you will always have a few people that'll go, oh, well, if it's moving, then I'm not going to do it anymore. That that, that happened with, we mentioned uh-huh. Fleet and Drop Zone. Yep. Um, 
whether you agree with people doing that or not is completely irrelevant really it's just nature of the thing i mean it's not a company being like this is still the same company yes the only thing that's changing is the division that's leading it and you've got a division that's so far i mean in the middle in the middle of covid marvel has continued to distribute yeah, I was going to say, they seem to be doing really well. They've been out for, what, a year and a half, two years now with yeah. Marvel Crisis Protocol. And they put out a lot of product in that last year and a half, two years. Yeah. Uh, the other elephant in the room is the one that you mentioned, price. Now, Star Wars miniatures are more simplified. Yes. Um, and we, and they we are use hard more... plastic, correct? Like the stuff you we... have to build is still hard plastic. Yes, they yeah. started bringing that into the hard plastic realm. Um, Marvel Crisis so, Protocol is all hard plastic, but they are much larger minis, and they are more complex minis. So, and people have mentioned that in the in the groups and stuff like that that I've seen. But people are also realizing that with MCP, you're buying one or two models. You only need one of one type of model. It's not like Star Wars Legion where I need three boxes of stormtroopers at least in order to play the game for my core army, whereas MCP, you're buying four or five heroes. Yeah. That's all you really need. For so, your... Will and stuff, if by some chance you stumble upon this, if you want, you're more than welcome to take my dream of um, building up... Um, oh, I forgot what... I forgot what they're the called. Gun... The guy... No, what's Jar Jar Binks' race called? Gungans. Gungans. Build me Gungans, and I will buy all of your things. Um, no, look, if you were building an army and you had to buy them at two pieces a pop and it was $40 every time you brought them and you needed to buy, like, 70 of them, then you would be stupid to do that. Yeah, uh, nobody is going to do that. It, that. That is... They've already proven that they can sell these things at the prices that they have. I mean, maybe they introduce a more character-type game later on where they could justify having individual models, but I'm not convinced that there's a... I mean, I know it's Star Wars, but I don't think even Star Wars could support a fourth game. No, I don't think... I mean, they might be able to do any... uh... A squad skirmish version, but they already have a, that in Star Wars Legion where you play with a 500-point yeah. army instead of an 800-point army. The only so, way you could justify price, and I, I don't think for a second they're going to. Like, th- they would never sell anything if they was to put this stuff at Marvel prices. There's just no justification for it. They'd have to, they so, would have to completely restructure the way the game works. Yeah. How much is, like... Uh, Captain America or something like that. How much was he? And I'll just pull up some of the. Uh... Okay, so we got Kingpin. Okay, let's change these prices to US dollars, just because it makes it easier for you. So yep. the Kingpin is a much larger mini than what you're discussing, because it's yep. forty mil, not twenty eight. Um, and he is, let's say thirty dollars. 
And right now I'm looking at Fantasy Flight's website, and they've got Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Sabine Ran, and Luke Skywalker, the operative version, listed at 13 bucks, twelve ninety-five, yeah. US. So the prices will vary. Now, Kingpin is a $30 model, uh, and he comes by himself, uh, as opposed to... Oh, so I'm reading a discounted price, sorry. So $33.25. Uh, as opposed to Punisher and Taskmaster come together in a box for $53.21. Um, and now we'll kind of go back and forth pricing-wise. The, the prices of the boxes do vary up and down a little bit, depending on what you're looking at. Same here. I've got a box that's Padmeo, Amidala, Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. There's another one for fourteen ninety five, and the the most expensive one I found was Darth Maul at nineteen ninety five. But that's because because he comes with three little probe droids. Yeah, and he's he's more he's interesting mentioned. with his double lightsaber too. Yeah, that too. Um, I mean, realistically, you can sit here and try to justify the price all day. Um, and it doesn't matter what you say, people are still going to moan about it. Um, that's just the way that it is. Um, yeah. But re- realistically, from an Asmodi point of view, I think they're making the right decision here. Um, oh, I have to, I have to agree too. Th- these games... They're before I say this, I want to clarify that I'm not hating on Fantasy, F- Fantasy Flight games at all. I do like Fantasy Flight games. I'm not either, because I have a couple of their board games and I absolutely love them. But, the Star Wars games have become very popular to the point where they've rivaled G-Dub's properties almost despite themselves. It's never been much of a hidden secret that they've struggled on the distribution side of things. And yet, Mm -hmm. despite that, it's... Still doing very well. You can't own a game store without having these. Because all you're doing is costing yourself money by not having them. Yeah. Um, I would almost argue that at one point, I think X-Wing was more popular than 40k. I don't think it's there anymore, but it definitely happened at one point. Um, I, I have to agree. I was heavily involved in X-Wing when it first came out. absolutely loved it. Um got out of it because they brought out Armada and I like that capital ship aspect yeah. that Armada brought into the game. Um, and so I sold all my X-Wing stuff to get more into it and uh, Armada. Yeah. So, and with the Clone Wars coming out this Friday uh, for Armada and I've seen or I've heard a video, seen and heard the comments on the video and they've got a lot of plans for Legion, Armada, and X-Wing all the way through 2023. They've got production yeah. plans for new units through 2023. Um, so, yeah. Um, for those following along, my suggestion would be don't expect the distribution side of any of those games to be fixed overnight. But, if we're still... If there's still any hint... Of those distribution problems this time next year, then I'd be asking some serious questions, because you can't fix those problems overnight. It act, it takes no. long processes. 
and um, I think they were, I think the officials, I think they're going to be starting this after like January 16th or something like that. Yeah. I think is when the official transition date was because they had a few, they had Anakin Skywalker and uh, Darth Maul, obviously, but then they just announced, well, it hasn't officially been announced. I think it actually was announced, actually. Um, Lando Calrissian was kind of up on Asbury's store, but I don't think he's officially been announced yet. Yeah. Let me check. Or was he? While you're looking at that, uh, Atomic Mass Games are also working on an organized play for 2021 as well. So, so they're, that's, they're that going to use that of... as a vehicle to expand the core game experience. Um, so it looks like they're going to try and refocus some of the competitive type game aspect of it so that was so the organized play is huge in the star wars community so they have regional tournaments they have national tournaments and then they have the world championship just and it was huge within the fantasy flight games and so everybody was worried that with our atomic mass games taking over that the organized play into the national world championships for the star wars universe was going to go away to the wayside as well and so atomic mass games is working on their own um how much of the current tournament play is done by the fans is it all fan led like j-dub stuff is so it can be so there's a lot of people who do it at like the conventions like las vegas open for example there's yeah. a there's a few people who do it down there, um, fan base wise, but it's also. Um, like, you know how also, with uh, games like that, they do talk about the tournaments and they'll run tournaments of their own, but largely, Games Workshop tournaments are never like it's the fans that organize it and run them. So, or do, or do Fantasy Flight do more of the in do more of the affinity thing where it's like this is the official way that you will do a tournament. So, yes and no. Kind of goes both ways. You can have a local store that will do their own their own tournament just for fun. Yeah. But then Fantasy Flight did a lot of uh, tournament packs. Um, okay, so that's more on the internet. And that's how, okay. that's how they got their, their player base for the national championships and the world championships is you would have a... They would, they would send out their uh, a little store pack for yeah. promos and whoever entered into that tournament at the store would get a promo that legion sent out as part of that tournament pack okay well, and then from good. there if you, if you wanted your local that, store yeah. yeah if you wanted your local store then you could go into the, the the regional tournament that was hosted by fantasy flight and if you won that then you could go into get get an intro or uh, a spot in the national and then if you wanted the national level then you could be invited into the world yeah championship so i'm looking forward to i, I haven't played any any tournaments in a long time but it's good to see that also transitioning over yeah definitely so yeah there's some interesting stuff there that's going on um obviously time is going to tell on that front but i'm not expecting you to see big groundbreaking changes just slight tweaks and slight changes I, th I think more of what you're going to see is the distribution changes i hope because that's really mm -hmm. the only thing they need to fix um and knowing them 
probably... Because on a tournament scene, clearly it's been working for a while. Yes. I'm expecting that they'll introduce something more narrative, fun, play-wise, on a global scale. Um, only because that's the way that they approached their other games, and I know that the people at Atomic prefer that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, I'm not expecting anything to actually change. It's more just tweaks and additions behind the scenes. I, I don't think that you're actually going to see as much changes to these games as people are thinking that you will. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing's really changing. It's just whose name's on the box that's changing. It's still all Asmodee. Um, Some people commented too is you're not, we're not going to see a lot of big changes. Instead of seeing Fantasy Flight symbol on the box, we're going to see Atomic Mass Games yeah. symbol on the box. The box on the outside may be a little bit changed in terms of the artwork, but the product on the inside shouldn't be changing as, as much. No. Um, so, on Drop Fleet, we are yes. getting more new stuff for the Resistance. Specifically, the some Resistance destroyers. are now getting some Destroyers, yeah. The Armstrong Destroyers. And they are gorgeous. They are um, pretty cool. Pre-orders start open up uh, this Friday on the 4th as well. Yeah. So the Armstrong, the Aldrin, and the Collins. I'm not 100% sure which one's which. I'm guessing that that's the Armstrong on top. The uh, Aldrin is the one with the pointy up bit, and the Collins is the one with the dome. But that's a guess. The Armstrong. Uh, yeah, possibly. I, had, I thought I saw a car, uh, another article that said which three were which. But I think it's kind of cool how they're named after after NASA pilot or astronauts. The three that land on the moon. If you rip, I didn't even notice that. The first moon mission is the, oh, that's the name I'm of all three. Stupid! I didn't even notice that. I have a question for you though. Yes. And I'm going to do this smirking at the camera for Lewis by the chance that he might actually <laughs> see this. Did you happen to notice the mistake on this page, Captain Socks? Uh. I don't know if I did. Have a look at the second picture. It's using drop fleet bases, not drop... Oh, sorry, drop zone bases, not drop fleet bases. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lewis. I couldn't help it. I noticed it. I can't unsay it. I'm just calling it. I'm not having yeah, right. it. The patty bases from uh, the little smaller uh, drop ships. Mm. Or drop... Anyways. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's, you got a fleet carrier, or not really a fleet carrier, a little uh, carrier for fighters and bombers. And I love the fact got, that it kind of resembles an... Actually, modern day carrier with the huge carrier, yeah, launching... Yeah, modern day one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of the, the word. A huge runway type strip on top of it. And then you've got another one that uh, is able to drop bulk landers from atmosphere. And then, oh, so Collins is the one with the, that's the carrier, the fighter, uh, looks like. 
Yeah, and the one that's driving Maybe. the fleet's the one with the pointy up bit. Yep. Obviously. And then the one with and the, the Armstrong is, is aimed at, I'm guessing the Armstrong is the one with the big huge lasers on the bottom of it, just by reading the article here. And the Aldrin is the one with the dome, and Collins is the one with the, the launch bays. Nice. Um, these, are, these are good additions. They've been they've been working really hard to get the resistance up to the same point where everybody else is. Yes, um, they have. They've done a really good job of it too. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this. This might be my new favourite thing from the um, resistance range. Not that I don't like any of the resistance range, but I think this might easily be my new favourite. Well, shall we do some hobby time, he says, as he clicks the thing. Dream, blue, prime, paint. I know you've already told me that you haven't been doing much, but what have you been up to hobby-wise, Captain Sox? Did a little bit, so uh, did some stuff uh, last Saturday with my uh, two oldest boys. Uh, they're getting into Star Wars Legion. Nice. Uh, one of them is doing the the Galactic Republic, uh, and the other one's doing the Separatist. So uh, one of my boys was uh, painting up Cad Bane. He actually did a pretty good job. He's 10 years old, uh, and that was his first time doing a full miniature by himself. He actually did a pretty good job. So it's good to see that aspect of their, their gaming life uh, coming to play. And then my other son was painting up some of his uh, clones and then also his bark speeder while I was working on some uh, droids myself. So that's about all I've really done um, lately. Yourself? Um, I've got a lot of 3D printing that I've been working on. Uh, I've essentially printed everything that I need at this point for one of my Frostgrave armies. Um, nice. I've got a, an army of frogmen that I am going to paint up eventually when I'm allowed to touch them. Uh, heat has kind of been an issue over here again, so I haven't actually been able to touch paints for the for at least this week because you get into too hot and there's just no point. They just won't yeah. survive. You see, we're getting to the opposite effect. We're getting down to the too cold. I mean, we're not anywhere near our worst at this point, but anything anything 35 degrees or more, and I'm just like, yeah, no, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I also struggle motivational-wise in that sort of heat because I don't deal with it very well. Um, but otherwise, um, it, it's like I said, it's been a lot of 3D printing. Um, most of the models on the frog army that I'm doing have come from somebody called Duncan Shadow. Um he has a couple of subscription things that people can get access to. He's also got like dog people, um, rat people, and lots of other things. It's very much, I can't think of the name of it, but when it's like an animal that's human-like. There's actually a have term. I shown you the, the, have I shown you the 3D terrain that people have been creating for uh, Legion? No. Let me pull up our... Coming through our Facebook Messenger chat real quick. So how big is your base for your 3D printer? Because I'm thinking about getting one myself. Mine is... Okay, so with resin printers, 
the ones with the larger bases tend to be expensive. Um, let's have a look at the modular landing bay. Which I have. I had someone print that for me. And it's, it's good sized once you put it all together. 200 by 200 print bay. Yeah, so that'd be too big for mine. Uh, I can tell you how much mine is. I know it's it's going to be... Mine's more suited for miniatures as opposed to terrain, because generally speaking, it's too small for terrain. Yeah. Um, a regular 3D printer is much better for terrain than what I've got, but it's not what I brought it for. Um, so my print is 130 mil by 80 mil by 165 high. Um, okay. So... It really would only be... I mean, I could do scattered terrain, but that's probably yeah. the only terrain that you get out of mine. Um, I have printed a couple of things for Drop Fleet Commander. Um, that's probably it, though. Uh, I do want to get a larger one at some point. I probably will just get a standard 3D printer, though, because there are certain things where you just want to do them in plastic, not resin. Um, yeah. Detail is what I get out of mine. Um, but... Yeah, it's yeah, it's more. Um, for, for the record, the any cubic that I'm working with is working just as well as the old one. Um, this one is a lot better in some ways. The leveling aspect of it is so much easier to do than the old one. It's not even funny. Uh, the old one kind of like it had a ball that the plate sat on that would move around, and you'd have to get it in the right spot and then tighten it. Um, where this one kind of, it has two screws on this side and two screws on this side. You undo them all and then you just kind of lower it down so that it's sitting flat. Uh, you put a piece of paper there to make sure it's not directly against it. Um, yeah. then tighten it all up and then you can test it by like slowly dragging out the paper to make sure it's not binding anywhere. Um, which is so much easier than doing it with a ball where like it could be coming down like this um, where with this it'll just it just balances itself thanks to gravity and then the pressure on the plate yes. um, it's slightly bigger than my old one but it's a matter of a few mil it's not huge the mono X which is the larger version of what I have is 192 by 120 by 245. So it's significantly better, but even that is not huge. Um, yeah. If you wanted to do terrain, if you wanted it for terrain, you would be better off buying what I'm going to call a regular 3D printer. Um, so there's one here. I'm just clicking on the Mega X which is 329. That's got 300 by 300 by 305. And that's 329 as opposed to mine. It's the Mono X that I spoke about a minute ago. It is a $700 printer. Uh, the one that I brought is currently on special for 229. Um, 
So it gives you the sort of idea value-wise. If you was to print miniatures on it, and you could, but you're not going to get the same yeah. detail out of it that I would, and you will see the lines on them. There is techniques to get around that. Uh, I'm not the person to ask because I haven't used one. But you can use them for both. Uh, yeah. But you will always get better quality miniatures out of a resin printer because it's kind of what they're for. Um, yeah. Depends on what you want to get out of it. Buy what you're going to get the most use out of. In your case, I suspect that you would be better off with a standard one because you're not yeah. going to be buying... You're not really looking to print miniatures, I would imagine. You're wanting to... Mostly do it for trains. Specific things. Yeah. Um, short of you wanting to pick up something similar to Frostgrave or like something where it's just kind of like you can build whatever you want and play with whatever you want. Gaslands, for example, where it's cars with guns yeah. on them. Um, yeah. Short of you getting into something like that, I don't see you wanting to print miniatures. Unless you just want to print painting projects, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at mostly for terrain. I've got, like I said, I've got the modular, uh, had someone build a, or print the modular landing bay for me. Yep. And I'm wanting to get some more scatter type terrain, some, some buildings and stuff like that, so. Yeah, that'd be the way that I'd go if you decide to go down that route. Talk nerdy to me. All right. We, I kind of briefly touched on this in our private chat. And for those following us on Twitter, will have noticed a little thing that I put out earlier. There is a game that I kind of go hot and cold with almost on a weekly basis. No, it's not quite that frequently. Um, when 8th edition was announced for 40k, I was very tempted to get in on it because the Blood Angels looked awesome in a way that I would have enjoyed playing them. But I hadn't touched my army in two and a half years at that point and ultimately made the decision to sell my Blood Angels, which is something that I swore at one stage I would never do, no longer how it was. But I'd gotten to a point at that stage where I was so bitter on the 40k game that I just wanted nothing to do with it. Um, I... Don't entirely regret that decision. I do and I don't. It, it just... But I'm now in a situation... When the Necrons were announced, I was like, oh my god, I'm buying in. Okay, this is it. This is finally happening. I did the same thing about a year ago. I was 100% going to build a Catachan's army and then decided not to. Um, I'm... About... Let me put it... I... I missed out on a, on a full Indominus box for an actually good price, like a non-scalper price, uh, by about 20 minutes. If I hadn't have been... the What stopped me is I was watching a review of a Blood Angels Codex, and if I hadn't have been watching that, I would have had the box and it would have been mine. Uh, that I massively regret, because it's going to have cost me money now. I mean, the downside is... The Indomita set is good, but it's all one, it's all push fit miniatures, which means you can't customize it as much. And I would like to customize mine, um, as opposed to if I buy the full kits, it's obviously a lot more expensive. But I can do 
pretty much anything I want with them. Um, I... I'm probably getting back into 40k at this point. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do it slowly. Um, because if I'm not buying the Indominus set, there's no point buying something big. I know that there is the Crusade box. And for those that are wondering why I haven't spoken about that, it's not the best way to buy in for Blood Angels. It's a good value box, but most of the stuff in that box doesn't actually suit Blood Angels from what I've looked into. Because um, you're better... You, you want the Assault Integressors, or whatever they're called. Integressors? Um... You don't want the regular ones. So. So my, my hot and cold. This could change again. But my hot and cold with 40k. Has gone hot again. And is probably going to lead me to. Rebuilding the army that I sold. Um, my intention at this stage will be. As I said to do it slowly. Because. I do a lot more hobby than I do play. That's not going to be a surprise to anybody that listens to us at this point. Um, I have a job that makes this this hobby very hard. Because I'm on a rotating roster. And depending on what shift I'm on, sometimes gaming is just not possible. Uh, if I'm working an afternoon, then I don't finish work until 11 o'clock at night. There's no games happening at that point. Um... And half the time I'm working weekends, which means I still can't play. Um, and quite frankly, of all of the games that I'm playing right now, 40k will go to the bottom. Because Wild West Exodus is amazing. Drop Fleet Commander is amazing. Uh, Frostgrave appears to be amazing. Uh, I definitely want to play 40k again. But... I'm not going to be playing it over those other ones. Um, I probably am reaching a point where I'm not getting back into Malifaux at this stage, even though I kind of went back hot on them recently. I still have all of my Malifaux stuff. I'm not selling it, but it's been that long since I've touched it. I, I love the minis, but I just don't have a desire to play it right now. Um... But yeah, I'm, I'm probably going hot. I still I have all of my drop zone stuff. I, say, I thought you had some, some drop zone. Drop zone was kind of in the middle, middle to low for me anyway. I got into drop zone because I really liked the look of drop zone and I have played it and I loved it. Um, but I was always more of a drop fleet player first. Yeah, that's um, where you that, that's where you got into the drop universe, right? Is drop was drop fleet. Yeah, I had been watching drop zone from earlier. Uh, but I had never picked it up at the time because there was no one else that was playing it that I knew of. Now, I obviously now know that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but with the research that I'd done at that stage, I hadn't met any of these people. I met them through Drop, Drop Fleet. Yeah, I started out in uh, and Drop Zone. Like, and... They don't have a lot of people they can play with. They play with the same people most of the time. Um, this is the problem with a lot of the smaller games. I mean, Drop, yeah. Drop Zone and Drop Fleet have very strong communities in Europe. Um, yes. Drop Zone has I, a strong community in the US, 
but not as big as Europe. It's even smaller here. I think it's starting to dwindle because of TT Combat taking over and distribution here in the US has kind of it's, died. It kind of distribution in the US has been suffering. Yeah, you are right on that. Um, I know it's so I think that's that they what... have publicly stated they are looking to fix, but I think COVID kind of shot them on that front as well, because COVID kind of shot JP them. JP says, what distribution? Uh, I don't have to agree with you, JP. There is zero yeah. distribution for Drop Zone, Drop Fleet, in, anywhere. I mean, because Miniature Market was the company that I would go to yeah. regularly for those the games, and they don't care front, anymore. And I have not spoken with Lewis, so this is not coming from Lewis, this is coming from me, is... That statement from memory was around December or January. And COVID hit around March. Yeah. They've never, they've never really had an opportunity to address it. Not, not, not in a meaningful way anyway. They've also been like forced to be closed for an X, X amount of time as well. And skeleton stuff yeah. for the rest of it. So, I mean, their area of the world is not as heavily affected as the US is but it's still heavily affected. Um, yeah. A lot more heavily than we are, anyway. So, I, I'm not sitting here saying it's not a problem. It is a problem. I'm just saying it's a problem that I don't think they could have fixed at this point. Uh, I think that's a problem that's outside of their control. Yeah. Um, otherwise... For those that have been following along with the competition for Drop Fleet and Drop Zone that had been running, that is now closed. You can, however, vote for the winners of those competitions. Uh, go to either Drop Zone Commander Community or Drop Fleet Commander Commander Community. Drop Fleet Commander Community, yeah. Um, if you're not members of those groups and you like the games, why are you not members of those groups? They, they are really good. Uh, vote for the one that you like the look of. There's some really awesome ones. Uh, none of them come from either of us. Um, we are just genuinely pumping it because there's some really good stuff there that needs some attention. Um, Lewis, pay attention to the competition and, and and vote for things secretly, I suppose. Um, wait, is it Lewis or Louis that listens? No, it's Lewis. <laughs> By the way, Lewis... How much did you have to pay that actor to pretend to be Louie? We want to know. No, I'm kidding. Um, otherwise, thank you to those that continue to support us. Um, we hope you appreciate the changes that we're making to help make this more topical and to get out into the world faster. Um, if you are in a position to do so, patreon.com slash gettingtabled is only $2 a month. Uh, it helps fund us and pushing the podcast out there and getting the word out and helping us improve our quality, etc. Um, if you want to follow us, the best place on social media to follow us is on Facebook. Facebook.com slash getting tabled. You can follow us on Twitter. We are active. Not as active as Facebook, though. We also have an Instagram both of those can be found at Getting Tabled. And our website is gettingtabled.weebly.com. Uh, all of that will be in the show notes. But otherwise, anything from you, Mr. Socks? 
not at the moment, but uh, I want a promotion. You want a about promotion? a year. I want a promotion. No, I'm, I'm, going up for my major, I'm going up for my major for a promotion next month, so uh, we'll we'll find out if I become major, major socks. socks. Major socks. Major socks sounds like something that hasn't been washed for six months. That's true. Maybe I'll stick with <laughs> Otherwise, outro it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mattias at soundimage.org.